yo yo what is up y'all we have ourselves a crossover here it's the best of round ball ramble but honestly it's really the best of sports ethos wizards with maybe a side of some down bad lakers fans for those who listen on that feed it's a mix of the two because finally me and carthen been talking for a minute about the Lakers and the Wizards. We had a crossover Lakers with the show a couple of uh, weeks back. And now we actually have a trade between the two. And let me tell you, I'm going to just share a little story. I was at work this morning. Well, I'm recording this on the 23rd. I'll be listening to this on the 24th. And saw the trade. And I said, Rui Hachimura? By the way, the trade was Rui Hachimura uh, from the Washington Wizards to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks, one this year and then two in the future, um, the one this year from Chicago. And I was like, that's it? And so I'm like, let me just reach out to Carthen and see what, you know, see what's good. So I reached out to Carthen. I was like, all right, man. I said something like, oh, we got Rui Hachimura. And I kid you not, all caps, what? <laughs> Y'all, that was – that was the best. That made my day. Uh, real quick, this is why we're here. This is the big, it's not necessarily a blockbuster trade, but there is a lot to unpack. And Carthen actually has a bone to pick with the way the media's been covering it. So we're going to throw it over to him in a second. Uh, but real quick, check us all out uh, on Twitter. Uh, between Carthen, NBA, uh, Sports Ethos Wizards, myself. Great content across the board. But now, I've already waited too long. Let's bring in, as always, our esteemed guest, the Wizards expert here, my good friend Carthen, sir. How are you today? I'm doing good. <laughs> today was a very interesting day, to say the least, but I'm doing good. <laughs> it certainly was. It certainly was. Like I said, I couldn't wait to go right into it. Lakers and Wizards made a trade. We're waiting for this NBA trade deadline to have its official start. And although we had a little cost-cutting move uh, involving Gorgie, Jang, and, and Noah Vonley a couple weeks ago, that really wasn't it. This feels like the first official trade, and not a moment too soon. We're just roughly two and a half weeks out before the deadline. So, again, 2019 top 10 pick Rui Hachimura is heading to Los Angeles, the Lakers, in exchange for Kendrick Nunn and multiple second-round picks. Now, in this case, the Lakers are basically trying to upgrade on their forward spot. The Wizards, at first glance, are just trying to jettison a, a former top 10 pick. Obviously, we know there's more to the story. And I feel like the Lakers part has been done ad nauseum, and it's going to be done again by myself here in a bit. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to throw it to Carthen here and dive into the Wizards' perspective for making this trade. Because at first glance, and second, and third, it don't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, you know, the type of player that he is, um, solid bench depth piece scoring guard, like, okay, you know, but at the same time, uh, for that, and you know, multiple seconds, which might be valuable later, but you could just buy a second. You know, it's not like those things aren't easy to acquire. And so I didn't understand the wizard side of it. And for the record, I'll read Tommy Shepard's statement. Um, This is uh, the press release that the wizards put out this morning. So I'll read it and and then I'll throw it over to Carthen. Uh, But they announced they made the trade. Uh, Kendrick Dunn, they acquired a 2023 second round pick. Like I said, via Chicago, the less favorable of the 2028 second-round picks of Los Angeles and Washington and Los Angeles' own 2029 second-round pick. So, again, you have a 2023 straight-up from Chicago. You have the less favorable of the 2028 second-round pick between the Lakers and Washington, and then you get Los Angeles' own 2029 second-round pick um, just straight-up. So here's the quote from Tommy Shepard. Kendrick has shown the ability to be a solid perimeter threat who can provide instant offense as a reserve. 
He has proven to be a valuable contributor during his young career, most notably as a key role player helping Miami make a run to the finals. Uh, and then he said something about Rui. He said, we watch Rui grow as a professional during his time here and appreciate his contributions on and off the court. We wish him the best as he begins a new chapter in Los Angeles. So we have that all set up. Uh, real quick, none 6'3 guard, his third season. Uh, career average is 13 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He's played 162 games um, and was a member of the 2019-2020 All-Rookie First Team. Uh, with Miami, Hatsumura, ninth overall pick, first Japanese player uh, selected in the first round ever. Has uh, averaged 13 points, five rebounds, and 1.4 assists in his three plus seasons with the Wizards, uh, over 177 games, uh, 118 of which he started. So that's the background information. Let's get the analysis part because, again, Carthen, from the Wizards side, I got questions. To be honest with you, I kind of have questions myself. So I'm not going to, like I told you here, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I don't, uh, I don't say anything that I don't believe and feel that I can back up. Absolutely. I have questions too. And the questions that I have is first and foremost, was this the best offer they could get for Rui? Because Rui has been up and down this year. Notably, he had a zero-point game a couple games ago and then turned around against Orlando and dropped 30. So, I mean, that's it, it's just the epitome of how his year has been going. Where one game, he, he he's shooting lights out. The next game, he couldn't put a beach ball in the ocean. So, that's what I... What I wanted to know, I mean, I'm, I'm eager to know because listening to Woj and other folks, they had a deal that they were contemplating that ended up falling apart with the Phoenix Suns. So I'm, I'm curious to know if that will ever come out to what that deal uh, had in the works as well that made them just go with the Lakers and not stick with the three-team deal. Um, three first round picks yeah I mean three second round picks for Rui it screams to me that they're trying to muster up draft capital now are they doing that to utilize it in a future trade I would hope so. I mean, the Wizards aren't known for being a very good draft drafting franchise. Um, so I'm hoping that they're trying to muster up more and more draft capital to be able to use in further trades to get more pieces to put around the big three that we have to entice Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps uh, Porzingis to stay in the offseason because most likely both of them will uh, opt out of their player deals that they have in, uh, in terms of trying to get more long-term money. Um, so, yeah, that, that it, it's very, very interesting to me. And to hear what Tommy said, that's the first time I heard it. 
when you told me Tommy made a uh, statement, I didn't go to seek it out to find out what it was. I wanted to hear it from you so that I can give the fans my true um, first initial take on what he said. I agree with what Tommy said. You know, as a lifelong Wizards fan, I've watched plenty of Wizard Miami Heat games. And Kendrick Nunn put in work against the Wizards majority of the time when he played against them. So, yes, he is instant offense. And he can do that off the bench, which is something that we desperately need on our team. Somebody who can create off, can create the offense on their own. Um, our bench players, we don't have that type of guy. We don't have somebody that can go out and become a bona fide just scorer. We thought we had it in Will Barton, but Will Barton has regressed in a major way this year from even what he was last year. So we needed to fulfill that role because nobody is a playmaker of that, of that stature currently on the Wizards uh, roster, especially on their bench. So I understand where Tommy comes from with that. But when you look at the numbers and their career uh, in the careers of Kendrick Nunn and Rui Hachimura, you notice that they play two different positions, but numbers are pretty similar when it comes to certain stats. They both average 13 points a game for their career. Um, Three-point percentage, both at 35% for their career. However, Kendrick Nunn takes double the amount of three-pointers that Rui Hachimura took to get those same, those same stats. So even at a career 35% or almost 36% three-point shooter in Kendrick Nunn, it does make it so that we have another capable three-point shooter, someone who has done it at a more um, steady clip because Rui Hachimura has been progressively getting better, but is still on a very limited amount of shots. Um, Two-point per, uh, two percentages are about uh, he's about a whole percentage higher than Rui is at 53% versus 51.5%. Um, free throw shooting is a drastic difference. Kendrick Nunn's career is 87% where Rui is 77%. So, like I said, as a Wizards fan, I've seen Kendrick Nunn get to the line a lot against us. And I mean, I know that can be construed where the Wizards don't play the greatest of defense. However, he knocks them down when he gets there. So that that improves that for the Wizards because we, we're not a great free throw shooting team. Yeah. So we do get that with him. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. My, my thing with this is we now have four point guards on our roster because they're going to convert uh, 
Jordan Goodwin. They're going to convert him. We, everybody knows that. Um, Jordan has played his way into having a a uh, standard contract. So now the question becomes, well, we know that we have to make another trade if we're going to do that because we have 15 roster spots already. So somebody is going to have to get moved in order to make a trade for, um, I mean, in order to sign Jordan Goodwin to that regular contract. He's coming up on his 50 games that he's allowed to be on the active roster before he's not allowed to play. He's currently been, uh, I'm going to use a baseball reference, but he's currently been optioned back down to the G League team so that he can try to save some of those games that they have that they can bring him up before they uh, reach that 50 mark. I believe he's at 44 right now. 44 games that he's been uh, on the active roster for the Washington Wizards. So, um, there are some things that go that's going on with that, which makes me think maybe they went and tried to get all these second-round picks to move a Will Barton and his $13 million and maybe a Isaiah Todd or a Vernon Curry, which I really hope they don't. But um, move some of them and some second-round picks for a more established big man, somebody on my list of trade candidates that we'll talk about at a later date. <laughs> you got to stay tuned to hear about uh, who we think that would make good fits for the Wizards on the Wizards Ethos uh, podcast. Most definitely. Way to, way to get a little teaser out there, Carson. I see you growing. I see you growing. Hey. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you, so, you said it for sure. <laughs> I, um, but I also throw this out there to you. And we had many discussions on this. We had discussions about this with Kyle Kuzma. We had discussions about this with with um Russell Westbrook um and all that other stuff. But Everybody's been talking about how Kendrick Nunn hasn't been playing well and so on and so forth. Not at all. Not and again, as a Wizards fan who watched Kendrick Nunn put in work against us for many years, it's very well known that not everybody can play with LeBron James. Yes. And what I would say is you see how it took something drastic to happen to be able to have it where you all feel comfortable and have made Russell Westbrook feel comfortable being able to play with LeBron James. You had to take a all-star who the year before y'all got him was averaging a triple-double and put him on the bench and make him a six-man in order for him to thrive on the team with LeBron James. So, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I caution the thought process of the Kendrick Nunn ordeal to say you look at 
Kyle Kuzma's numbers with LeBron and then post-LeBron. We've had discussions about just LeBron. I mean, you, you can look back just as far as LeBron since he's been on the Lakers. Look at all of the young guys who have left the Lakers that have now thrived in the league. Quite a few of them have become all-stars where they were not under the thumb of LeBron James and able to showcase their skills in the way that they, in the way that got them to the league in the first place. I mean, you got Kyle Kuzma, you got B.I., you got Julius Randle, you got um, um, the Ball brother, uh, his name is uh, Alonzo Ball. You look at all of these guys and you look at what they were when they were with the Lakers when LeBron got there and then look at where they are now. Yes, some of it has to do with the maturity and the back and, and part of the game slowing down. I'm not taking that away. However, mm-hmm. they were able to mature much faster being able to play their style of basketball versus having to play LeBron's style of basketball and being a complimentary piece to him. As to the reason why they made so many moves once he got to L.A. and got rid of that young core that I personally think if y'all would have kept, y'all would have had years of prosperity and being battling with the um, with Golden State for years to come. And then when they fall off, y'all would have just took over again because, yeah, I mean, you can see all of the guys that have left that have now gone to other teams and are doing big things. So I'm cautiously optimistic with the trade because he can, he's a scorer, which is something that we need. But I'm I, I'll i say this when it comes to Rui. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rui's going to have the the success that most people think he's going to have with the Lakers. Oh, wow. Of course he would say that with his fam. No, I'm it's, not about, it's not about... I like Rui. No, I know. Rui, Rui didn't... Rui did not um, have the success that he could have had with us. But Rui fits a particular style of basketball that works good for him. If Rui would have got traded to San Antonio, I think Rui would have thrived. Rui is that type of player that kind of fits in the mold of a Tim Duncan type of player. Somebody who's very fundamentally sound, but you have to you have to put them in the in the positions for them to thrive. Rui's a mid-range assassin. The one thing that Rui's not really good at is three-point shooting. But LeBron needs people that can space the floor for him in order for him to thrive as well. But Rui is best in the mid-range. Rui is best at free throw extended. The elbows. Those are the places that Rui thrives. 
So with him being there, LeBron being in that area, Westbrook being in that area, AD being in that area, you got the 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 paint and extended of the paint area is going to be really clogged up. So potentially. So that's why I say what I say about Rui. Rui's a good player. Rui's going to help you all with your transitions. He 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 will he will fit in very well with the with your transition offense that you all have. Um hopefully LeBron can get that softness out of him because Rui plays soft sometimes. Um, it takes for somebody to piss him off for him to start playing like he always should play. But um, hopefully LeBron and playing on a or playing in an organization like the Lakers will make him want to step it up. I get you. I I, I think that it will. Um, I think that Rui Hachimura brings a, a forward-sized player for the Lakers team. We've had Troy Brown, we've had Lonnie Walker, we've had Austin Reeves, Patrick Beverly's our defensive stopper for our wings, Patrick Beverly's 6'3". Like, we've been undersized this entire time. LeBron James playing more forward than ever before, and yes, his athleticism is not the same, but um, him playing the four and taking the pounding that he needs to take all the time is, is, is done by necessity. By bringing Ruby Hachimura in, not only do you have someone who who is actually – of the physique to play that what to play that position. Yes, defensively not super great, but he can hold up there. You know, he knows how to play alongside Thomas Bryant. He can fit well alongside Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis comes back in the lineup. He'll be able to help LeBron kind of toggle between three and four instead of being primarily four. And he also works well with Russell Westbrook because we've seen what they've done before in the 2021 season. In fact, like the joke has been, it's it's Wizards West, the Lakers right now. Because yeah. you have Russell Westbrook and Troy Brown and Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny there. But I think that just by having a guy like that who is going to be able to step in and just play a role, knock down open midi, he can do that. We'll probably have to stretch out more to three than ever before because he's not going to have to create from the ball. And that's fine. That makes sense for him. Like, that's not his role, ideally. Drafted number nine to be a player that he's just not. I think he could be a high-utility role player. And I think he has a better chance to do that in L.A. playing off of LeBron AD than he was going to in Washington. I mean, yes, personal issues happen. Injuries happen. You know, Chris Stops came and and all of a sudden him and Daniel Gafford played well. And then Kuzma got traded and he's played well. So all of a sudden, and then you draft Denny as well. So now Rui is like down in the pecking order. So it just wasn't going to work, you know. At the same time, some of it was him. It's not like he's a lottery bus. He's not Johnny Davis. You know, okay, sorry, I'm just kidding. It's not it's too soon to say about Johnny Davis. But, you know, he, too early. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, but he, Rui didn't come in and, and, and not look like he played at the NBA level. For parts of four seasons as a Wizard, he's played pretty well. He's averaged about 13 points per game, decent efficiency. His three point shooting has been around league average for his career. Um, I would say he's at best in, at best an average defender. And, I mean, here's the way I look at it. Like, the way the Wizards have – I feel the Wizards lost this trade, obviously. I think um, this was something Sam Quinn pointed out uh, about the Wizards' uh, first-round picks over the last decade. So the last uh, – actually, I'm going to ask you this. Who was the last Wizards draft pick to earn an extension? You said the last one? The last Wizards draft pick to earn mm-hmm. an extension. It was Otto Porter Jr., Nailed it. Dang. See, this this is why, y'all, y'all need to listen to this guy. This took less than five seconds. The guy knows his wizards. Exactly. 2014, first round pick was traded for Martian Gortat. So let me ask you this. Yes. 
who was the last Wizards draft pick that was not drafted in the top three that received an extension? That's a good one. Um, I'll say first round pick. That's a that's a um, that question right there is kind of a tricky question. But Bradley Bradley was drafted first, right? Bradley Bill was drafted third overall. I mean, not first. That's what I meant. Bradley Bill was drafted third. Um, and you said one who got an extension. Yes. Um, that's hard. Did was it Javale? No, he didn't get an extension. Um, Nick Young. Nope. That's all I got. Who was it? It was Andre Blatch. Ah, Andre Blatch, yes. And the last way back. And the last first round draft pick. I know it wasn't Jan Vesely. <laughs> no, it sure it sure wasn't. Uh-huh. Calvert Chaney. Oh wow. Swingman Calvert Chaney from the old school wizards. We're talking like the Chris Chris um the Chris Weber, Rashid Wallace, uh Jawan Howard. Calvert Cheney, Rod Strickland Wizards. Wow. And then after him was you 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 named him. And it was his was his whole thing was a weird thing too. Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard. Oh yeah. His was weird, because didn't he get moved like right after or something? He got moved shortly after, but he had declined his, this was before they had the the way that the first round draft picks get extensions and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, we'll and that. he had he was with the Wizards for two years. Uh something happened where he ended up declining his the the his uh contract option and he was supposed to have signed with Miami. Something happened with that whole ordeal where he ended up they they nixed that and he ended up signing an extension with the Wizards and then or the Bullets and then shortly after he got traded to De- uh, Dallas. But the Wizards don't traditionally resign their draft picks, their first round draft picks. They don't get resigned. So to see where he get traded was not a surprise to me. To see them possibly trade Denny next year wouldn't be a surprise to me. They don't resign their draft picks. I mean, again, in the 21st century, mm-hmm. I think they might be outside of those those three that I named and Wall, Bill, and Otto Porter. There may be two, uh, the Andre Blatch and. I have to re- I have to look that up. Nick Young might have got re-signed and traded that same year. I have to look that one up. I think yeah. Nick Young did. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Nick Young did. But he got traded that year. He got traded like right as soon as he could be traded. But, um, but if so, those are the only two in the 21st century that's been re-signed. Wow. So... Wow. They don't. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I was gonna say they don't resign their draft picks, and also they draft the same position. I was you gonna say. At, I mean, that's what I mean. After, uh-huh. 
You look at the past what five drafts. I'm about to read outside. the past ten. Huh? That's what I'm about to tell you. I'm about to read the past ten. After after twenty four after Otto Porter, twenty fourteen, Kelly Oubre, but he was traded for Trevor Reza. Twenty sixteen, yeah. they traded the pick for Markeith Morris. Twenty seventeen traded for Bojan Bogdanovich. Twenty eighteen was Troy Brown Jr., who was traded for Daniel Gafford. Small another forward. Exactly. Twenty nineteen we saw it was Hachi Murr, who ended up being traded for none and, and, and two second rounds. Yep. Twenty twenty, Denny. He's a forward. Exactly, averaging eight points per game. Twenty twenty one, Corey Kispert. A forward. Another forward Small. averaging nine points per game. Small forward. And then the only the one the only difference from those last four consecutive drafts was Johnny Davis, who's averaging one point one points per game in the NBA and is currently in the G League, been there all season. Like it's been forward after forward after forward, and those forwards have not yielded them much return. I mean, out of Correct. all of them, okay, I'm gonna read the the last five. Which one has been I think it's pretty. It's a pretty simple answer, but who's been the most consistent NBA player? You have Kelly Oubre, Hachimura, Denny, Corey Kispert, Troy Brown Jr. It's been Kelly Oubre. It's been Kelly Oubre easily, and 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 even Kelly's been a hit or miss. You know what I mean? Like he's just more of a consistent skill set in terms of being a scorer, right? Yeah. At the forward position, Troy Brown Jr. is kind of a jack of all trades, master of none type player. Um, Hachimura, I mean, we have him on the Lakers. I think he's a solid player, but again, another jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, Denny is making his name on the defensive side of the ball, but offensive limitations are there. It could do a little bit of handling, do a little bit of shooting. Again, jack of all trades, master of none. Corey Gisper comes in as a shooter, can defend a little bit. I think he's probably the most clearly defined because he doesn't have a lot of on ball utility, but that's it. Like you and said, this is what they have to deal with. The, the the unfortunate part about it is I think a lot of our draft picks also were not developed the way that they should have. Let, let's be honest. Troy Brown Jr. is a big point guard. That's really what he is. He He was a big point guard that they made him play small forward. They drafted him. When they drafted him, they said forward. He's not a forward. He never was a forward. He was never a guy that you could sit there and put out there and say, "I need you to knock down these shots." He that just was not him. But he can. But he can handle the ball. He was a good passer. He played pretty good defense on the perimeter. But he was a point guard. That's what he even did at, at Oregon. He was a he was a point guard. They they listed him as a guard. But he was a point guard. He handled the ball. He brought the ball up. Really, really solid passer. You play him at where he is at his best, but they didn't do that. You look at um, Rui. Rui Rui never played to his potential because they never put him in the spots that he thrived at. And to your point as to what I said, Rui, I don't think is going to thrive with you all is because Rui's not a knockdown. He he's not a spot up shooter. Rui has to get himself to his spots in order to be effective on offense. So he has to get the ball in the elbow, back it down, pull up free throw extended range and he'll kill you all day he he get there and he's able to 
do what he does best, but he's not going to be able to do that like he can do if he was given the opportunities with you all. Um, Corey Kisper, like you said, most defined role. We knew we knew what we were getting when we drafted him. Denny um, Avdia. Denny Avdia was, like you said, a jack of all trades, master of none. He's getting better. He's 21 years old, so I still have hope for him and, and faith that he'll be able to come around because he's working with Bradley Bill's uh, coach in the summertime. And we've we've seen dividends from his shooting and his confidence level working with uh, Hamlin that both Bradley Bill, um, Joel Embiid, Kelly Oubre, He's got a nice long list of people who he works with that you can see on the court the transformations that they've had in the, in their progression since working with him. So I feel a little um, optimistic when it comes to Denny. Um, okay, interesting. But I, 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 mm-hmm. I just don't know how you can say, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to push back, how Denny has optimism when Rui shoots the ball better, has a more clearly defined role, and I, I don't see why we're so negative on his fit with the Lakers where he his shots are going to be made for him. Like, who's making – you got run-of-the-mill point guards in Washington. Now it's not about – He's playmaker all time in LeBron James to create wide-open shots for Rui to just knock down. And his shooting numbers are not that bad. On wide-open threes, he shoots something like 42%. He just doesn't get a lot of them because he's been playing in Washington. No, you know I mean? but like, the thing you have to understand, the, the thing you have to understand, and uh, I'm saying this from years of watching Rui play, again, Rui's not a bad player. It's about the style of, it's about his style versus the players he's playing with. The one person that will probably get the most out of him will be Russell. Because Russell knows him from playing together, and knows where he likes to get the ball and get his, and get his spots. However, like I said, when it comes to Rui, Rui is one of those guys that has. He's a rhythm shooter. He has to get himself in a rhythm to get to his spots, to pull up and make those shots. A a spot up shooter is not what Rui is. You're not going to maximize what you're trying to get out of him by making turning him into a spot up shooter. He's never been able to knock down a spot, just be a spot up shooter. Okay, my rebuttal to that though is that he's not been maximized in Washington at all, and he wasn't a spot up shooter, and he wasn't being maximized. Like well, the dude can shoot stationary. He's not like. Like a Chris Bosch type, I'm not saying that, but like he'll be able to play in transition off of us, and he can knock down spot up Jays. We saw him do it two nights ago. Again, he has to get himself into a rhythm. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not going to say that he is not going to help you all because I would be lying to you if I said he's not going to help you. 
we all, anybody who watches basketball can see the deficiencies that the Lakers have currently right now. And he will help with some of those deficiencies that you all have. What I'm saying is he is a rhythm shooter that has to get himself into that rhythm. Those nights that you watch the games, those nights where he had his 04 eternity games and don't score any points. Majority of those majority of those games were games where he was being a spot up shooter. They were giving getting him the ball in the spots and he was just shooting. That's not him. He has to put the ball on the floor. He is best when he puts the ball on the floor and then pulls up and shoots the ball. But it's normally at the free throw extended, free throw line, in that general vicinity is where he's at his best. Now, he and LeBron do a lot of similar stuff. Him being on the floor with LeBron is... When LeBron has to be, LeBron is a guy who has to have the ball in his hand. He likes to get to his spots. And then when he gets to his spots, he pulls up. LeBron is not one of those guys that will be somewhere and then dish it to Rui and then let Rui go and do what Rui do. LeBron is one of the guys that he he has to, he, he has to be the focal point and be the one who sets everybody up to shoot, which is exactly what all of the uh, analysts and everybody else and analysis of people who who study the game says. And that's why everybody says that LeBron needs shooters around him. He needs people that shoot around him because LeBron is a guy who he's a great passer, he's a great finisher at the rim, he's a decent shooter but his game is dribble penetration finish or dish to an open guy that goes and knocks down a shot and really is a guy who needs to get the ball either in the high post back you down or stutter step you, triple deep you, try to get to his spot and then pull up and shoot. And to give him that to give him that time to do what he does is not what the Lakers do because the focal point is LeBron one AD two. And then you have to be there that when they get this you the ball, you need to be ready to shoot. Because they're going to give you the ball in places where, yes, some a lot of times guys are, are having wide open shots or semi-wide open shots that they're past that they're giving the ball to that they need that they are expected to knock down the shot. I get you, man. I, I, I don't know. I think taking it from... Okay, so as you are a Wizards guy, I'll say this from the Lakers' perspective. I don't think that all of our guys are just spot-up guys. We're not. I think the Lakers play best in transition and when guys can create their own offense. Yes, when LeBron slows the game down in half-court situations, that only happens toward the end of the game. 
when it first starts, it's more of a freelance type offense. When Russ pick brings in the when Russ comes in the game, it's a transition, fast paced attack. The only time it gets to the point that you're describing in terms of like, okay, you have the spot up, wait for LeBron to draw the double team and make a shot, is like the last five minutes of a game. And even then, although Ruby Hachimura is not a strictly stand up spot up shooter, he's still going to be more effective than say Wenyan Gabriel at that position or Thomas Bryant at that position. And with the way that teams are doubling on LeBron, he's going to be able to create his own shot. He's going to be able to dribble into it because by the time he gets that kickout pass from LeBron, it's not okay. You have five, seven, eleven o'clock. Shoot it. No, it's okay. The ball's been swing, swing action. Can you create a shot? And that's one thing the Lakers have not had. And that's why I mean, I'll swing it back to to Kendrick Nunn. That's what we thought we were getting from Kendrick Nunn. That's not what the Lakers got from Kendrick Nunn. We what we got was some games when the more playing time Kendrick Nunn gets the more he scores. That's the good thing. The negative thing about that is he's not doing much else at all. And if you're expecting to come in and be a microwave score for 10 minutes a game, not going to happen. He needs at least 20 to 25 minutes a game. So if he's getting that, you're having him as an undersized shooting guard, which you can do, but he also has to get himself into rhythm because he's also not a spot-up shooter. So you're getting the same issue just from a smaller player, whereas Rui Hachimura has at least shown, I mean, to be fair, in his time, let's not disrespect Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn was good in Miami. Kendrick Nunn had a great preseason for the Lakers. Kendrick Nunn had about five good games for the Lakers this season. Mm-hmm. I can say all that without a doubt. Um, Kendrick Nunn will bring depth to y'all. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, I, I just feel like what Rui – I think we're discounting the fact that Rui is going to get better playing off of LeBron, and though he's not a – stand-up player, like a stand-up knockdown shooter, he's not going to have to be. He's never played with the playmaker a lot of LeBron James. Never had a big man like AD to draw defenses toward the rim for him. He's going to be able to create open lanes because of the gravity of LeBron and AD. So it's not like, oh, I have to stand in the corner and just wait for an open three. No. He's going to be able to get the ball and create something like he likes to do. He's not going to have the free reign to do it. But newsflash, Rui Hachimura is not that player. Like, that's why when you said like, he's going to do the same thing, like, like him and LeBron would do the similar thing. He was doing the similar thing to LeBron because he's on Washington Wizards. He ain't going to be doing a similar thing here. He's going to have to adapt the way he plays because, let's be real, he's not that guy. He just isn't. There's a reason why Kendrick Nunn was fourth on our depth chart. He's not that guy either. You know, I like, agree, but that's, that's my point. You're making my point. But how? Because I'm saying that he's going to – I'm saying Rihachimura is going to flourish in a more refined role. You're saying, oh, it's not going to work because he's going to play the same. No, he's not because he had a lot of room to work with in Washington, and it wasn't effective because their culture isn't effective. I'm not saying the Lakers' culture is better. I mean, I guess I am. But what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that <laughs> – what I'm trying to say is that a more refined role for him is going to be helpful. It's like the opposite of when you get a player and you're like, you know what, like Bobo last year, right? Bobo in Denver. Let's see what Bobo can do. What's going to happen in Denver? You know, let's let's see the full extent of what he can accomplish, right? He had more to give, right? I think Rui, on the other hand, was overextended in Washington and has more to give in a more specific skill set. Like, yes, he's not a real spot shooter. Don't mean he can't be one. You know what I mean? Like, okay, he likes to have the ball in his hands more. Okay, he can learn to be more effective without the ball in his hands. Like, he's not useless if he doesn't have the ball. He can still provide something. He has some playmaking flashes. You know, I mean, maybe I'm – dude, I, I get – I love that we're disagreeing as much as we are because we're almost an hour into the show, and we're not convincing us the other either way on these players. But no, like, uh, again, like I said, it's – I don't have anything 
negative about Rui. Rui's a really good player. I told you, Rui's going to help you all. I'm not disputing that one bit at all. Rui fits a pressing deficiency that anybody who knows anything about basketball can clearly see with you all's lineup, with your rotation. He will definitely help you all out. I'm not disputing that at all. What I am saying is his numbers that he currently has are not going to be what they are when he plays with you all because of the style of player he is. As you know, we both are SBC, or for those who don't know, we both are sports business classroom alumni. And we had the ability to listen to a a um listen to the great Jerry West talk. Uh, we heard him speak, and one thing he said when we were there was, "Style makes players. You have to be able to fit in what you do, and your skill set has to." be able to translate with what the team does in order for success. And like I was saying, when it comes to Rui, your style of play, the Lakers, that is, and Rui's style of play are not styles that will mesh very well. That's why I say if he went somewhere like under Greg Popovich's type of style of offense he's more of a Tim Duncan-esque type player Not, not please let's make this perfectly clear I'm not saying Rui Hachimura is, is Tim Duncan because he is in no way shape or form Tim Duncan however the style in which Tim Duncan played is a similar style to Rui Hachimura's style of play and he thrives more in that style. He would thrive more in that style based off of the three years that I've watched him play. Now, you all's fast up pace when you all are running and get the opportunity because, let's be honest, the West plays better defense than the East. Um, but when you all have a plan against teams where you all are able to be a transition style offense and get up and down the court, he will thrive there without a shadow of a doubt. He will thrive when you all run. Your half court your half court offense is, is mainly what I'm speaking of. When you all have to slow it down and have to play in the confinement of the offense is what I'm speaking on. I get you. I get you. I, again, this is going to be one of those where we're not going to convince each other. Like, I feel pretty <laughs> solid about Rui, and you feel as well. But I will say this. I understand where you're coming from in your analysis here. I think you understand mine. I think the only thing left to do here is to grade the trade. From your perspective, looking at both teams, what would you grade? I'll let you go first. I'll go after you. And just how do you look at it from both perspectives on an A to F grade scale? 
I will say for the Lakers, I give it a solid B. Again, refills a lot of deficiencies that everyone sees that the Lakers have. He is an upgrade over Gabriel. He does know how to play with Thomas Bryant. He does know how to play with Russell Westbrook. They've done it before. He's played with Troy Brown. They've all done it before. So he's a he's a good rebounder. He can push the ball up the floor. He's very good in transition. He will be an upgrade to you all, to what you have. So I do give it a solid B. For the Wizards, honestly, I I would say it's more of a incomplete. If I had to, if I had to grade it just off its merits, I'd have to say it's a C. Because yes, we do get a a scoring guard, something that we outside of Bradley Bill we don't have. Monte Morris isn't a score. DeLon Wright isn't a score. Jordan Goodwin isn't a score. Kendrick Nunn is a score. That's what he's known for. And we did get a, a another scoring guard. We got draft capital out of out of it to be able to possibly use in the future. But we only have we have now have four point guards on our team. So we've now we took away a strength in our length and height and added a added to a position that we already had a lot of which makes us a lot smaller if we want to go with guards so if I have to grade it on its merits huh What'd you say? I said y'all becoming the Lakers. Y'all becoming the Lakers East. All these small guys playing these positions. Right. It, it kind of goes back to the year where we had Russ, where we were running three guard lineups. Mm-hmm. Where Russell Westbrook was playing small forward, or playing the two, and and Bradley Bill was playing the three. But I don't. I honestly don't see us playing that small again. It's just our guards are going to get a lot less minutes now. The rotation is going to get a lot tighter as far as minutes, the minute distribution amongst our point guards. And or we're going to be playing a lot smaller where we're going to be running with two point guards at the guard position, like a Kendrick Nunn and uh, DeLon Wright or Kendrick Nunn and a Monte Morris or Kendrick Nunn and Bradley Bill, which are three out of the four of them at the same height. At six three, yeah. I mean, Delon Wright kind of makes things a little better because he's six five. He's he has the size of a, of a two guard, but he's a point guard. But 
in some aspects, it's not a bad move when you when you really look at it in the long run because our guards have stayed have not been healthy as well. I mean, Jordan Goodwin got what Jordan Goodwin. We found out what we had in him because of the fact that we had no guards healthy. So getting another guard does help out in that aspect. I mean, there were times where both of our G League, I mean, both of our two-way guys were the only two guards we had on the roster. When we when we had Dotson, we had our two point guard G uh, two-way guys playing major minutes because we didn't. Delon Wright was injured, Bradley Bill was injured, Monte Morris was injured, Johnny Davis was mentally injured. And wow, I mean, I'm I'm speaking factual. I keep I, I tell a lot of people that the problem with Johnny Davis is confidence. It's nothing else but confidence, and that could be either a coaching thing, or it's a player thing, or it could be both. I mean, because you got a lot of rookies out here who have been given the green light to go out there and play ball. When you're out there, show what you can do. Be you. But again, if he's scared to shoot the ball, he's scared to, he's scared to and not confident in putting up the shots when he put them up. No matter what the coaching does, you you can't you can't make a man play confident. You can't make a man play at his at his best so that's true, that's true. It, it, it's kind of um, a two way thing so maybe in that aspect if you think about it in that way mm-hmm. maybe it was a good trade it was the best guard they could find and they were looking to shore up the guard position because of how often our guys are injured I mean Monte Morris just got off an injury reserve with a hamstring, Bradley Bill has continually pulled his hamstrings. Um, DeMond Wright, since he's been back, he's been pretty healthy. Jordan Goodwin, we got. He's another 6'3 guy, but he's not a scorer. So maybe they saw Kendrick Nunn as a guy who can knock down shots that will we could utilize when we need some bench scoring since Will Barton ain't doing it. So, again, I mean, it's one of those half glass, empty half glass full type type ordeals. I feel you. So, what is your final grade for the Wizards? I'll say, uh, if I have to give a letter, I'll say C. You got But go. I'm I, I'm more I'm more inclined to say incomplete. Because I I think that more is going to I think this trade was a trade to make another trade to satisfy the ne- the necessary requirements for another trade. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, and I agree. Um, I think the same thing on the Lakers end though. Like this better not be the only trade the Lakers make. You know, if this is the only thing they think they're gonna do with Rui Hachimura, that doesn't move the needle at all, in my opinion. That wins you a game, maybe. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't see that as the victory that I, I think most Laker fans at this point don't either. We're excited because the first quote unquote competent move that 
Rob Palenka has made that doesn't feel like he accidentally <laughs> stumbled upon it. Like, that is the difference. Because that 2020 team, at first, I'm like, wow, that was a masterpiece from Rob. But then we saw how he changed it year after year after year, went away from the identity of that team, and then ultimately failed to surround LeBron with those simple players that he needs. But I look at that as a fluke. He got lucky that that team worked out the way it did. They had the right coach and Frank Vogel to make it come together. Like, I don't give Palenka that much credit for it anymore. That being said... When you look at how they are performing with a move like this, it does give me hope. They have to continue that. Well, I agree. I mean, on the, on the Lakers on the Lakers front, I hope this isn't the only move that they make as well. Because, like we we've stated, like LeBron has stated, they need shooting. They they definitely need some shooting. And to find some pieces that they can put around LeBron to maximize LeBron's uh, potential, to maximize what he does best. That's really what it all boils down to, that if the, if Rob is able to come up with a way to maximize that and utilize some of the pieces that he still has, I mean, you all made this trade, got Rui Hachimura, and didn't have to give up a first-round pick. That's a win. Y'all don't have very many of them left. I hear there's some internal, uh, there's some internal fighting on whether they they want to utilize trading those pieces for the future, for now. And only having to give up a bunch of second-round picks for a quality big man, which is something that you needed, that's a win. I mean, I, that's how I see it. That, that's a big win for you all. Um, I agree. I agree. If I had to grade us, I would give us a, about a B as well. Uh, think, I don't know if I would have – if he was – I don't know. I think for – the, we reset the market on wings. That was good. I think for a couple of seconds, Lakers could just buy back a second they want. So three feels kind of steep to me, even for seconds. But for the player like Rui, we're getting for basically nothing. That's fine. I think that it does. I mean, if we're bringing him in, he's going to be restricted free agent. Obviously, we feel high about re- retaining him. That's going to cut in our cap space. So I feel like either A, a Russell Westbrook trade is going to happen to bring in some more depth, or B, we're just going to stick to bringing back Russell Westbrook and retaining our guys, which – Okay, but we have to make an additional move as well. Um, I know there's been some talks about the – apparently over the last day or so, the Lakers have talked with San Antonio about Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott for Russell Westbrook. Don't know how I feel about that, but that's been talked about. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I know. I'm saving that for more of the trade stuff, but we're already getting into it, so I thought I had to talk about it. So I'm going to give it about a B. Apparently, the Lakers also won Yaka Pertle, so it'd probably be Russell Westbrook and both first-rounders. We'll see how that goes. Again, I doubt that happens. The Lakers seem very reticent to part with any of their first. I feel they're going to have to do with one of those to make some major upgrades, but that's that. Um, as far as the Wizards, I don't know. I think if, if they keep Kendrick Nunn, this gets like a D for me. I just don't see what you did. It's not like you went to a position of need. You just went to a position. Um, and the seconds are great. That's probably going to get for a depreciated asset like uh, Rui ended up being because, you know, he just was at the end of the day. Um, very young player, very solid future regardless. If he does not play, if they're going to package Kendrick Nunn and move him and they're just saying, hey, he's a good scorer, this, that, and the other, then i probably give him a C plus. 
uh, because then that makes more sense. It just depends on what they get back. But I definitely thought it was interesting. Um, I mean, Kendrick Nunn for Rui in any in any vacuum. Like having watched both players, I've not watched Rui as much, but from you and from people I trust talking about Rui and having watched Kendrick Nunn, uh, those two should not be in the same package at all without a first or something included. That's how rough has been for Kendrick Nunn. His Laker experience has just been a rough one. So I feel bad for him. I agree. Best of luck, but um, he hasn't really given me the best of hope for how he fits in Washington. Uh, sure, more scoring. And I think that if you're a Wizards fan, this definitely is good because, or not good, but there's a good sign because it feels that maybe the Wizards front office, for better or worse, feel that they are going to be able to re-sign Kyle Kuzma. I agree. Uh, that's... That's really a part of this whole trade, though, to be honest with you. What's going to make or break this particular trade is Kyle Kuzma. Because if you got rid of Rui Hachimura, that means you think that you have a better than 50% chance that you'll be able to retain Kyle Kuzma. Because if you're not, then this trading Rui was for nothing. Because you could have kept him, and if somebody decided they wanted to sign him, you had his restricted free agency rights. You could have just matched it and been able to keep a quality power forward in in the building. But also, something that I didn't mention earlier was there's been rumblings, and Rui did a, a interview recently that he pretty much told everybody he didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah, he did yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. And so one thing I can say about Tommy is when people say they don't want to be here, he gets rid of them. He gets you out. When Russell Westbrook said, Tommy, if you can get me to the Lakers, I'd be greatly appreciated. I, I don't have a problem with staying here. I love it here. But I really want to go back home. So if you can make that deal happen to get me to the Lakers, I would be greatly appreciated. Forty-eight hours later, he was a Laker. Mm-hmm. So Tommy does not keep people here that don't want to be here. He don't force you to stay with the Washington organization. You say I want to go, he gets you out. So Rui said they said from what they say. Rui has been saying that he wanted to be, he didn't want to stay, be here since October when they didn't uh, come to an agreement on a rookie scale extension. He wanted to be moved. And for for whatever it was, they weren't able to move him for something that they wanted. But then once Rui came out and publicly said that he wanted to be somewhere else, he just went on and made it happen. So this is definitely going to be a to be continued type thing and something to definitely keep an eye on because again, initial grades, it does look like that the Lakers won this trade. If you had to say somebody won or lost, but I think it's going to all depend on the play of the players that were moved because, and if the Wizards are able to retain Kyle Kuzma in the offseason, because if Kendrick Nunn has a resurgence of his Miami glory days, 
then it kind of goes back to what I said earlier of was there a LeBron factor? But also, if Rui thrives to the to the magnitude that a lot of Lakers fans hope he does, and I hope he does too, regardless of all of the stuff that I said earlier in my analysis, I wish him nothing but the best and hope that he does thrive there because I want to see every player do their best, especially ones that play for the Wizards. But if he thrives, then it will be a great thing for you all because it ends up you all got what you thought you were going to get. Exactly. So you make a good point. You make a good point. It would be interesting. I mean, one thing is going to be said like this trade is going to be something that we will probably look back on this on the end of the year. Yep. And see how it for sure what mm-hmm, like what's going to come out of it because you're right it's going it's too soon to tell right now and it's going to be too soon to tell for a good chunk of time just because you know we have to see how it plays out whether or not Kendrick Nunn stays with the Wizards or is re- rerouted whether or not um Rihachimura is able to make a good impact on this Lakers team and then in the offseason whether or not he's going to be retained by the Lakers or what this uh trade for a rental in which case look at it differently as well so definitely gonna be a lot to unpack there how do the Lakers do with Rihachimura post trade how does he fit in how does Kendrick Nunn fit in with the Wizards or whatever they get back in return for Kendrick Nunn so definitely a lot of branches we have to have an immediate winner or loser that's what the reaction pods are for in this case <laughs> Lakers win I'm I'm okay with saying that and that's the immediate reaction. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with saying it too, that the immediate initial reaction looks like the Lakers won this trade. I I won't sit up there and and, and try to fake it like I'm be like, oh no, my wit no, it it definitely ain't that. It it looks like the Lakers definitely won as to the reason why they put so many draft picks involved in this trade to try to make it happen. But I will say one thing about Kendrick Nunn. Before, uh, Kendrick Nunn got a lot of playing time in Miami. And one thing we all know as basketball enthusiasts when it comes to Miami, you don't play if you don't play defense. So if Kendrick Nunn can bring the defensive intensity he brought when he played for Miami and can knock down shots at a consistent rate with the Wizards, it will be a upgrade for them. I'm willing to go with that. I'm willing to go with that. We'll see how it goes. I agree. Um, I do think he was a weak link if they were. And I also, I don't know if I'd say that, Carthen, because Tyler Hero plays for the Heat, and no one's calling him a defender. Teams routinely go and hunt him out. Duncan Robinson as well. I think if you play for the Heat and you can at least fit in their culture defensively, that's one thing. But I don't know if that speaks to Kendrick Nunn as a defender because, like I said, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson exist, and we see teams hunt them again and again and again, and for good reason. So I'll push back there. Duncan Robinson is only there 
to be able to knock down three point shots. He has yes. a he has a defined role. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tyler Hero too. It's offense, and Kendrick Nunn too. It's offense. Like I'm with you. Like Duncan Robinson's your your center sniper, but Tyler Hero is probably your closest archetype to Kendrick Nunn. And both those guys get hunted on defense. And as a Lakers fan, who we saw the 2020 finals, I saw it firsthand. You see it now with whoever, you know, crunch time, they go with Tyler Hero. You saw LeBron in them. You Kendrick Nunn, 6'2". He competes. He's feisty. I get it. But he's no Patrick Beverly at 6'2". He's just okay. 6'2". <laughs> so I'm just trying Nobody's to Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is a defender. Like no one's getting Kendrick Nunn mixed up with that type of defender. You know what I mean? Negative, not even close. No, yeah. So that's all. But I get what you're coming with, and you know what? It's possible. I mean, we're gonna see how it plays out for sure. But what we're gonna do right now is take this bad boy home because we're going an hour and eight in depth on this trade right now. I don't really know how much more we can string uh, blood out of a turnip, as my granny used to say. Uh, <laughs> it just can't happen right now. We, we went deep on it. <laughs> we totally did. Uh, I had to show my grandma's country on that side. Miss her. Ain't you mad at you. Yeah, but tell them about mama. You already know. <laughs> Real quick, Carthen, tell the fine folks where they can find you and your work. Uh, like I said, it's going to be on this. Roundball Ramble, my downball bad Lakers fan platform. It's going to be in a bunch of feeds, so let's get the fine people to know where you are and where they can find your work. You can definitely find me at Carthen NBA on Twitter, Carthen NBA on Instagram, Sports Ethos Wizards on Twitter, and that's at Ethos Wizards. You can find me at all three of those spots. Come on, talk to me, send me a message. I love to chat it up with you. I don't I don't shy away from any conversation from anybody. So feel free. Hit me up. You can find me. You get me most on Twitter though. At Carthen NBA. And that's C A R. Oh, go ahead, Corbin. Oh no, continue. I was pumping you up on on you know your stuff, but they do need to know where to find you before I keep telling this great stuff and they don't know what to do. So please continue. Yes, sir. So, Carthen is spelled C-A-R-T-H-A-N. That's C-A-R-T-H-A-N-N-B-A. That's where you can find me. There it is. You heard it. I'm not. I'm going to continue what I was saying. The guy knows his hoops. The guy knows his wizards. Definitely make sure to check him out. He'll have a conversation with you, and he don't sleep. Uh, I do though. So I just want to share that with y'all. <laughs> y'all can find y'all can find him all over. <laughs> I can't say the same for me. Um, listen, if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Instagram, same thing, but Twitter is where I really reside. I don't get the Instagram thing. Uh, C O R B A N M B A is where you can check me out there. Check out Sports Ethos. Uh, they have it all: basketball, baseball, football, gambling, fantasy. Disc golf, all of it. Yeah, disc golf, I know. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, sportsethos.com. They got a really cool uh, mock trade deadline that I was a part of. I made some crazy trades for the Brooklyn Nets. All of it's on the website available. You can check it out there. Uh, get on the action there. We got some stuff coming down the pipeline on Sports Ethos Wizards. We got some stuff on Rumble Ramble. Uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more from me and Carthen coming up, or Carthen and I, rather. So it's going to be a lot of exciting stuff as we ramp up closer and closer to this trade deadline. Uh, we are just about two and a half weeks away, and this was our first move, and happy to have broken it down. Hopefully, we have some more fireworks to share together. Uh, you can also catch Carthen on Roundball Ramble very soon. We got to do our uh, Wizards trade guide. We'll probably do as a crossover for both. We'll see how we go there, but definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, and we got some more surprises coming up, so 
again, the, the operative word here is staying tuned. Uh, that's that's the key sentence here. But listen, y'all, for Carthen, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And for the Wizards fans out there, go Wizards. For the Lakers fans, y'all already know what it is. And for everybody else, we'll talk to y'all next time.